0: Hi, this is comedian Courtney Cronin Dold, and you are listening to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. These guys are hilarious. They make me laugh so hard. I could listen to them talk about Kiss and Chris Jericho for hours. And hours. I mean,
1: and they can go long, and it's good like the whole time. You're never like bored or looking at the ceiling or like, oh, are you almost done? Hurry up. I can't breathe. Get off my hair. You're just into
2: it because it's that good.
3: and salutations. Welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode number 44. We are calling this one. Dear Rosemary, you are, you are, you are so great. And I should have known that it would just be a matter of time. But these days, I just want to choke you. Tommy Zeus, I can go on and on, go on, go on, go on, but I won't
4: because we got to get over the shit over with. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I am go- I can't believe you didn't incorporate. Give me some rope to get through this episode. <laughs> I was going to uh- try to, but I was like, okay. I'd rather. Ch- all geez. right. All right. All right. No, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. It's my pick. And uh, I don't know. Let's see. A lot of, lot of hot opinions on the foo and whether they're poo.
0: Zeus, I'm just not a fan of the word poo.
4: <laughs> that, but that's what makes it funny. <laughs> but it rhymes with foo. I wish I just, it was fit so I could call it shit. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I prefer you say that foo shit than poo. Poo but, knee What about that? That, that, that <laughs> sounds yeah. good. Poo knee. <laughs> Regardless. Yeah. Tom, what we did last month was basically your pick again. <laughs> master of puppets yeah. and boy were a few of you out there not happy with sunny and i yikes
4: yeah that's that's okay yeah the, the, so the patreon pick also known as tom's
0: second pick
4: <laughs> yeah uh as we come to known so yeah we do the poll and uh the poll was favorite song so the options were master of puppets welcome home sanitarium disposable heroes and battery <laughs> and no surprise master of puppets runs away with 46 percent Uh, Battery at 22, Welcome Home at 18, and Disposable Heroes at 13. The comments are across the board. Pretty much everybody loves this album. Um, And even if you don't love Metallica, you at least like the album. (laughs) Okay, here's here's a great Twitter handle that some people might like. This is from disgraced former president Donald J. Trump. That's his Twitter handle. That's I don't not really, me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't really like this record. Kill 'em all is more my speed. Okay, well, kill them all is a completely different, even that doesn't even sound like Metallica, but we'll save that for another episode. Let's see, Uncle Polly. This episode tells me that Zeus is growing tired of all the Tom Tards making <laughs> his picks for him. Hashtag Tom Cult. Oh boy, maybe. Oh, and then our uh our own Sonny Pooney says, here we go, quote. Oh, my God. I can't believe Pooney said that. (laughs) Yep. Our buddy Nige. I have just listened to this episode. Tom, I always knew you were an exceptionally intelligent man. And this episode proves it. Zeus and Sonny, I have comments. Uh, Our buddy Steve chimes in. Been a huge Metallica fan since the debut Spectacular Album. Uh, this is kind of interesting, hey, not that we really get into this with our listeners, but Steve, out of all the albums that we did, Steve has Operation Mind Crime number one <laughs> that's a crime in and of itself <laughs> there you go Wow Operation Steve crime wow, uh, but that's twitter what what
0: do you got zeus? uh let's go to the our Facebook page, Paul Heider. this was the album that brought an entirely new heavy metal to the commercial music world and the metal genre split into two streams where labels began snapping up their own metallica just had been snapping up their own motley Crue a couple years earlier oh and you all hate my favorite track on the album the thing that should not be yeah i like lovecraft oh okay I have no idea what that is. H.P.
4: Lo- H.P. Lovecraft. It, the the song is about a monster, and H.P. Lovecraft wrote stories about monsters. Yikes! Whoop de doo! Yeah, I'm the resident. I'm the resident. I'm the resident smart guy of the group. Boy! Whoop de doo! <laughs> More poo!
0: Yeah! <laughs> More poo! America's least favorite realtor, Joey Roman it <laughs> I just finished the episode. While it's ridiculous how low he had it, I was not surprised by Sonny's ranking. Then I went to the website and looked at his total rankings. Good Lord. I've (laughs) never heard of half the albums he has ranked above. Stone Cold Classics that are Master of Puppets, Moving Pictures, and Operation Mindcrime. But then again, I like good music. Oh, Yikes!
4: Sonny um, won't be Sunny won't be using Joey as a realtor in the future. <laughs>
0: well, well, if you're looking in the slum area of uh, Tampa Bay, <laughs> he's your guy. Um,
3: I was gonna say those three albums don't inspire you meeting any women ever, but I've seen <laughs> the wife, so I can't say that.
4: Fair, fair, but you are right, Sonny. Those are not uh, chick magnet albums. They're no, actually they, uh, they're actually uh, chick repellent albums. You all, all of them.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, I'm with Sonny on all of those picks. See, I agree with him. Oh no, Kevon giggity,
2: giggity, giggity,
5: giggity.
0: Here we go. <laughs> on the FBI's radar using <laughs> fake names. Um. Easily a top five album of all time for me. I cut my teeth playing guitar to this. Well, No wonder, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> haven't, haven't heard you play, no wonder. Oh, boy, be nice to Kevin. <laughs> and just as I could never rank this, they are all a 10. I could write an essay after listening to this episode. Orion is the greatest instrumental of all time. <laughs> I never skip it. Sonny's rankings. What the fuck, man? <laughs> right when I think he's starting to come around, bam! He's out doing coke with Hunter. <laughs> yeah, Patreon pick. He had to get his fucking political. Hold on, hold on. When has
4: when has Jebson ever felt that Sonny is coming around? On ARC, when is that? What episode did give you that hope? Oh, never, never.
3: And the greatest <laughs> instrumental of all time is yeah. NVH three three four five. Look it up, NVH three three four five. I don't know what
5: that
4: is. Look it up. Okay.
0: Um. Okay. We could have a we could have a, a little competition with instrumentals like that. Um, Brian Robinson says. Once Poony started to, and it's a shit emoji on Orion, <laughs> I was out. <laughs>
3: speaking speaking uh, of would Orion, you care sp-
0: if he wasn't dead?
4: Oh, Cliff Burton, yeah. Would oh, you dude, care I'm- about
3: Orion, if he
4: wasn't dead, dude, I'm so way ahead of you. I like Orion, but I'm um, Cliff Burton is right up there. I'm telling you, death has done wonders for people, most notably people like Kurt Cobain and Amy Winehouse and all these people, talented musicians, you know, great, whatever. But let's be serious. Cliff Burton was great, but people are like, oh, my God, you got to build a statue of Cliff Burton, which actually I think there might be one built of him. I don't even know. But
0: yeah, I, I completely disagree. Cobain was the face of grunge before he died. And
4: That's, I didn't say yeah. I didn't say I didn't say
0: that he's not the face of grunge. I said that he's extremely overrated. Yeah, but he a... was he was always he was always like I guess over. If you want to say overrated, you can say he was overrated before he died. But he was still huge before. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I don't deny that. I, but people like Amy me, Winehouse, me. What the fuck, listens to that
4: shit. I don't. But people are like, oh, she's so great, why? Because she's dead. <laughs> Relax. She had like
0: one album, one song. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's see. Johnny Addison says my favorite Metallica album of all time in a massive piece. Imagine if Cliff Burton had not died and went on to play on Injustice for All. How cool or should I say how much more awesome would an album be with Cliff Burton on is Righteous?
4: It wouldn't have because Injustice for All is almost as good as or might even be better, depending on my mood, than Master of Puppets. So Cliff Burton,
0: No. Is that the one that they always claim that there's no bass on it? Yeah. Is that yeah. It? yeah.
4: Yeah, because that was Jason Newstead's first album. They claimed that it was like a like a hazing that they were fucking with them. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, join our band, let's fuck up the songs because no. we don't we want to give you shit. No.
3: But there's a bunch of albums between eighty six and eighty eight, no matter what genre it is, except for R and B funk. Yeah. That don't have much bass in them. It was the way the production was getting done.
4: Yeah. Exactly. There's like a bass, there's like a low rumble on every song on Justice for All, yeah. but there's not that, like that finger-picking bass that you hear on other Metallic albums, but whatever.
0: Uh, Daniel Haller Houston says, have it to hand it to Sonny for realizing Lars is a shitty drummer. Hetfield is an awesome guitar player and is able to carry a drummer who struggles to keep time. Dave Lombardo can play fast and have it be smooth. Lars is just a meh drummer.
4: Dave Lombardo is like light years better than Lars. Uh, uh, Lars gets unnecessarily demolished, but he's, yeah, Dave Lombardo, that's not fair.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, So over on Loudcasters, Michael Murphy puts this Bullet Boys number eight, Bad English 14, Master of Puppets 31. Yeah. Are you crazy? Is that your problem?
2: Yeah,
3: this is what we deal with here. Yep. Let's do a Megadeth album so I can get it 55.
4: Oh, God. No one's doing Megadeth. Not even me.
0: Tim Bream.
4: Oh, God. Think of Stanley here, people, and listen.
0: Correction Bang Tango's third album was called Love After Death. Bang Tango Rule.
4: That is nothing to be proud of, Tim, that you know that. And we were talking about
3: Bango Tango, not Bang Tango. Oh, yeah.
4: Bango Tango is there. That's the Bang Tango cover band. Bango Tango, the tribute band.
0: (laughs) Where would a Bango Tango cover band, like, sell out more so than the fucking original band if they
4: played? Play it like the Nashua Knights of Columbus or something.
0: (laughs) That's where the real band can barely fill out. Actually, that's true. Oh, man. Joseph Collins, I have so many disagreements with Sonny and Zeus regarding Orion. This song is literally filled with the absolute brilliance of Cliff. There are many bass solos in that song. That's one of the reasons this instrumental is one of the greatest efforts. All I would say is, as our Dean said to us at Stonehill, is that a positive thing that there's many bass solos in a song? So, So with all the Cliff Cult shirt, Cliff
3: Cliff Cult, cult? that'd be a good one. So
4: with all this Orion talk, I I gotta, I gotta drop our buddy His, he he just did an episode on the top five Metallica songs, and it was just him and Ernie. And I'm listening to the episode, and I'm listening to the episode. It was great, good picks. I don't know Ernie very well. We met him when we did one of the Joey's episode. Funny guy, good guy, knows his music. Orion was his number one favorite Metallica song of all time orion which i love as an instrumental but i think there's an orion cult not just a cliff cult
5: oh, i don't know that's it
4: yeah
3: so basically ernie
4: hates melody
3: hates music <laughs> hates vocals
4: hates he lyrics. must he must hate the vocals i don't know we'll have maybe maybe can we ask him about
0: that next time adam nickmeyer says nice to have a non grunge album review relax we did I Purple set, Rain. <laughs> I, I set that up for you, Tom. We've it's done broken. like three or four grunge albums, maybe. Yeah, out of 40. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Grudge music. Stephen Holden must be mistaken. He says, Hey, Chief, do you actually like music? So I'm assuming he means either me or Sonny because Tom loved this album. So I don't know what the but fuck he's talking about. Tom's a Chief, though. Maybe
4: that's he, what, I that, know, that, that, that's that what I'm point. saying. That's, that's Zeus's what, point. Yeah, that's what he's saying. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, there's, I'm saying like, or maybe he hates, or maybe he hates Metallica. for <laughs> <a, laughs> <a, laughs> yeah. right, oh, right,
4: right, maybe he doesn't like Metallica, so he's shitting on me.
0: All right, let's go over to Instagram. Violently Lopez. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just finished your Master of Puppets review, and it was another stellar episode. This album is Metallica's masterpiece, and your rundowns were pretty spot on, except for Sonny, who couldn't be more wrong about Orion. Oh my he god! Had listened to it with his head encased in cement. We're gonna have to do like a
4: supplemental <laughs> Orion episode.
0: And while I understand that Zeus isn't a fan of thrash, I'm pretty sure it's possible to review the album without shitting on Slayer, Anthrax, and Megadeth <laughs> during every song review. I don't think I shit on them. I don't even listen to them. I don't even know them. Man. I didn't shit on Anthrax. I love
4: when uh, people get upset when we bring up other bands. Like, why, why do you got to bring up them?
0: Because <laughs> they suck, too. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't even say anything about them. They're so sensitive. Jesus. Um, they the may th- not be your the, cup of a, tea. The, it's the thrash tards. <laughs> yeah. But they also had nothing to do with the making of this album. <laughs> As thrash he's offended, dude. As a thrash fan myself, may I suggest Slayers Season in the Abyss? No Andrax, sound of the white noise. No and Megadeth's cryptic writings as No albums by these bands that might be more your speed. No. Except for you, Sonny. Any person who champions bullet boys without pissing <laughs> themselves in laughter <laughs> is barred from criticizing anything of the big four.
4: Oh, we don't do come of the week with ARC, but that might be it right there. <laughs> that was, he, he just came up with double-barreled killing oh, people. You're
3: not allowed
0: week to week like anything, and- Sonny, if you shit on the thrash big four. That's Yeah, what
3: say. and he had a problem with me thrashing, thrashing, slayer, on a Metallica episode, but you keep
0: flashing Bullet Boys on a fucking Foo Fighters episode. <laughs> yep, you got it. You got a point, man. Yep, let's uh, do it over on our YouTube page. I'll read one comment. Okay, this Charles stuff. Bronson 4282. Fuck that Metallica <laughs> bullshit.
4: <laughs> I knew it. That's fucking great. Fuck that. See, that's a nice, concise to the point. Get it out of your system.
0: Yeah, apparently he's not a not a big fan of the Metallica, Tom. Oh my god! All right, all
4: right, over to you guys. Sonny, you got an email, and I got a, I got a few, and then we'll get on to the foo. All
3: right, so uh, the email I got is from Pete Gibbons. Uh, first of all, love the show, always great, Tom. This is for you because you're the only one with fucking sense to know how classic Master of Puppets is. <laughs> it is Zeppelin four. Meh. and all- Allman Brothers at Fillmore East, meh, meh, of thrash heavy metal. It is standard by all, which all others are held to. All eight songs have not merely survived, but have aged like fine wine with time. I saw the 8-4 MetLife Stadium show, and they did Orion Battery and ended with Master of Puppets. They sound just as good as they did in 88 when I saw them for the first time. Tom, don't miss the tour. The lighting the sta- and the stage was incredible. The lighting and the stage was incredible. And they sounded great. Little rusty in spots, but still Metallica. I share your geekness for this band and album. And last night I felt like a 15 year old, long haired, pothead, misfit kid all over again, losing my fucking mind as the lights went down and they exploded with Creeping Death. I took my 12 and 16 year old daughter, that's child abuse, and I realized how many bands can uh, how many bands can a mom and a dad and two teenagers all go absolutely fucking ape shit at seeing. But you could have went to Bruno Mars. I uh, love you guys on the show. Keep up the great work. We're listening and we love what you're doing and that was
4: Pete Gibbon. Oh, cool Pete. And I am not missing the show. I'm going when they come to uh Foxborough. Uh Allman oh. Brothers really I love the Allman Brothers. Great oh, stuff. God. Uh, this comes from our uh, fellow metal podcaster from the Metal Oasis, Adam Stevenson. I wanted to write my thoughts about this review after I just saw Metallica in East Rutherford, New Jersey, so as to approach it without a clouded mind in anticipation of seeing Metallica for the first time. I've just finished listening to your review for the third time. Wow. Metallica has been one of my favorite bands since high school, starting with the Black Album, going back through the catalog. But Master of Puppets was the one that really struck a chord with me. The grit from Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning had been smoothed into a fiery explosion of angst, aggression, speed, and brutality that stands the test of time as a perfect album. Eight tracks that take you on a twist and turn of emotion and deep thought, all while headbanging. Seeing these songs performed live was a religious experience. Songs I've been listening to for over 20 years take on a new life when you're being pummeled by 120 decibels and a 60-year-old man whose voice has only aged like fine wine. Another fine wine analogy. I knew Tom and I would align, but I didn't expect we would go for a song-for-song match in our rankings and place this album in its rightful perch at number one. While Leper Messiah is my all-time favorite Metallica song when it comes to rankings, yours was the correct order for the album. I'm glad Zeus is starting to come over to the heavier side of metal, and I respect his disdain for Orion, but it is a beautifully orchestrated song. Lastly, Sonny, for over 40 episodes of people questioning your album picks track rankings and overall bands i've quietly stood by your side as you're not just a yes man and jump on the bandwagon you pick different artists to push people's comfort zone and help expose other bands to us younger listeners however i cannot let here it, let, there here it comes i was waiting for it <laughs> he gives him a nice compliment however i cannot let the slanderous remarks for leper messiah and orion stand again orion is a testament to the legacy of cliff burton And their best instrumental. Oh, my God. The Orion cult is a real thing. Wow. All right, Adam. And then we got a nice one here from our buddy Steve Sorensen from Denmark. Uh, Gives a really nice long email about his love for Metallica and Master of Puppets. He says, I want to say you make a great podcast. I listen to metal rock podcasts a lot, and yours is by far the best. Sometimes I laugh so hard at you guys. Tears are running from my eyes. I live in Denmark, so many times I don't even know what the hell you guys are talking about. But when you each get each other going, I'm laughing so hard. Keep up the great work. Best regards from Denmark, Steve. And he's obviously a big Metallica fan as well. So great emails, great feedback from everybody. That is Master of Puppets.
0: Yeah, I think this we almost have to come up with like an album full of songs that we didn't expect people to be like. All of a sudden fanatic about remember the last one we did with purple? People were like, Well, I are still remains. I'm like, Where the
4: fuck did this come Yeah, I'm from? like, that song's like that's, that's it's, not a good song. No, but but the same o- thing o-
0: with o- like there, there's just like certain songs that we don't mention as like a top song, and right. everyone's like, Where the fuck is this?
3: Oh, you remember number one bad boy? was the same way.
4: Oh <laughs> <laughs> number one, geez, bad for a minute, boy. I thought you for a minute I thought you <laughs> were serious. Then my brain responded correctly. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Fucking-
0: Number one bad boy. That's oh, <laughs> how it go?
4: Better than Orion. Oh, there I'm, we go. Bring we on go. the hate hey, mail. I'm, wait, I'm waiting. People are already putting their comments together for next month.
5: Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick-charge function,
4: Well, you Yikes. can combine all. You can combine all the. Oh, they won't know until the following month. Yes, yeah. Sonny Sunny's got his pick for the month of September. So, Jesus Christ! Ooh-wee. Oh
0: God, it's gonna be fun. No, but isn't. before we do that, we got to go to this album. This is Tom's pick. Uh, Foo Fighters. We know I've always known you were a huge fan. So this album being picked by you, Tom, not a surprise. But tell us a little bit about it. All
4: right. So I, I've been on board with uh Foo since day one. Um, I have all their albums, seen them in concert a bunch of times. I mean, obviously we'll get into it. I, I truly, I'm confused by like the nicest guy in rock getting so much hate, Dave Grohl. And I, I don't get it. I mean, Foo Fighters make the most non controversial melodic hard rock at times, heavy rock. I, I, I just, they check off all the boxes that I love about, about, about hard rock. But this album specifically, uh, I remember it came out in 2011. I remember hearing, uh, Rope. The first song that was released, and I was like, wow, I'm like this sounds this sounds different from some of some of the other stuff that they've done. Uh, because before this album, they put out Echo Silence, Patience, and Grace, which was not a bad album, but kind of all over the place with styles. They tried to get into some country and some like some mel you know, melancholy type stuff. And I was I liked it, but I heard rope. I'm like, shit, something's going getting different. And then when the whole album came out, I was like, fuck. I'm like this this is what I want from the Foo Fighters. And this year it turned 12 years old. I, I never, ever get tired of this album. It's constantly being put in rotation. I mean, the Foo Fighters in general are constantly in rotation for me. Uh, but this album is, is by far, by far my favorite Foo Fighters album. And just to give a little aside, their brand new album that came out after the passing of Taylor Hawkins is phenomenal. I mean, that, that album like, crushes my soul because every song is about loss and grief and etc it's a beautiful album and i almost picked that i almost picked that one but i was like nah i'm like i'm gonna stick with wasting light this is the album to which all foo fighters albums should be compared i I love this band i saw them on this tour with murph to this day it's still the absolute loudest concert i've ever seen in my life i I just love this band and and it's kind of similar to why i like a band like say shinedown melodic hard rock where the lyrics are very personal. You know, they kind of pour their heart and soul out. They're not screaming for the sake of, of rage. It's more screaming for the sake of emotion and energy. The lyrics are about real life. Um, And I I just think that's why the Foo Fighters just touch a nerve with me. And they always have. So it took me a long time to get to this album, but we're, we're finally here. All
3: right. For me, um, I've been out of the Foo Fighters since day one, just like Tom was in, I was out. Okay. And I think we would all agree that music is all about feel. It's about timing, you know. For every one of our age folks that love Master Puppets as a song, there's an eighty-year-old out there that oh, that's all noise, yeah. you know. Dave Clark Five was the best ever. Like it's all about feel and timing. My problem was I was not a Nirvana fan at all. Partially, it killed my music. Partially. It was depressing. I just didn't get it. So to hear that the drummer had a new band didn't excite me at all. Then the coup de gras that absolutely kills Foo Fighters for me (laughs) has nothing really to do with the band. It doesn't really have a lot to do with Grohl. It did later, but, and that is, I could not get away from the songs ever long and my hero Because we used My Hero as a clip of music every time somebody won a fucking award at our company meeting five (laughs) years in a fucking row. Yeah. And no, I didn't win any of the awards at those meetings because, you know, I'm paid to kick ass, not win fucking trophies. Don't mean nothing to nobody. Nice. Even though I secretly want some. But (laughs) hearing a clip of My Hero. 50 times a day for three days in a row, five years in a row, ended it for me. The first time I heard Wasting Light cover to cover was exactly 24 days and 23 hours ago. Um, You'll find out what I felt about it later. But my problem has always been the connection to Nirvana. I just didn't get it then and it's part of it is just bias, yeah, right? Yeah. I had Nirvana is X. So Foo fighters must be Y,
4: right? And, th- and, and thank God they were not their first album. Just real quickly. Their first album was pretty much all demos that Dave performed all by himself. Half of the songs were written while he was in still Nirvana and they hit their stride in their second album. They really, really hit their stride in their third album and really separated themselves as just an alternative melodic hard rock band, um, which I think is fantastic for Dave. But anyways, but also another quick aside, uh, my hero is not a good song. So go ahead, Zeus.
0: Uh, Foo Fighters. So uh, I got it as soon as it came out, because it's the closest thing to another Nirvana album. When they first came out, uh, I thought it was a different version of Nirvana, kind of the same kind of style, trying to be pop, melodic, punk, all in one. Um, over time, I bought the next two albums And then I kind of drifted off I never really got into them I knew the songs, the hits, the songs on the radio And I think out of uh, kind of a loyalty thing I would buy their albums Because oh, Dave Grohl, I like him He's the guy from Nirvana That's uh, I feel a likable guy I want yeah. to support And I want to support this type of music And the band was doing well so I never got into it. I've never listened to this specific album. I've never heard one of the songs on this album. Oh, None. good. I actually I've like that. I've never seen any videos. I've never seen any of the, heard any of the songs. This is all new to me, but I, I'm kind of accustomed to knowing what they sound like. So uh, I was interested when you picked this to be like, all right, I'll give this a chance. And this is a guy that had five of their albums. When <laughs> did you pick the one I don't have? Yeah. So uh, I was interested when you got this and uh open ear and opened uh you know mind to listen to this and see what i what i think no cool i mean like i said i've been going back and forth
4: with the foo fighters i'm i mean i could pick any album but it was it was it's easily this album um again just to kind of Get, pump up their most recent album it's it's fucking phenomenal to to be able to put an album out like that after their beloved drummer passed away was was great but yeah I, I, it's it, we're we've been doing an arc for a long time and i i it's difficult to pick an album when it comes to your your time but i was like it's it's been a while it's time for some it's time for some foo right sonny foo is poo okay we go all right
0: anyway let's uh let's get into the uh album itself uh Foo Fighters like we always start off with the cover yep uh who wants to go first
4: i'll I'll start I mean I, you know I picked the album so I'll start uh yeah the album the cover is is bad the Foo Fighters have a real knack for bad album covers you go through their entire discography they don't I, I don't I think actually their best album cover is probably their debut album with that little like ray gun like that han solo pistol that the, uh, their their album covers are not good this is just uh, you know this is like a psychedelic version of like like hardwired by metallica which came out 5 years later it's it, it's just all their faces with weird shades of green and purple and blue and red it's i don't know i don't like it um you know there's a there's a i have the vinyl of course the double vinyl there's an awesome gatefold of like a distorted picture of the band rehearsing which is really cool. But the cover itself is really not much to say about it other than it's kind of, it's weak to me.
3: Yeah. So my guess is we don't have a lot of like hippies and psychedelic rock fans listening to us, but uh, go, uh, go do this research. There's a band called love. Yep. They released an album in 1967 called forever changes and it's almost the exact same album cover except for it's done in, like, uh, almost graffiti-type art, and it's very late 60s. Yeah, um, It's possible one of these guys was a Love fan. That's possible. Uh, their music doesn't sound a lot like the same, but, you know, it's also 40 years later. Yeah. So that probably doesn't uh, surprise anybody. I think it was interesting that two of the guys are looking at us, but three are looking away. So I don't know yep. if that's supposed to be, like... uh like a clock type of thing. So the, you know, there's one at six o'clock and one at 12 o'clock, but. Yep. You know, everybody else is kind of looking the other way. I like the colors. Yeah. The colors um, are green. Um, I yeah. thought that was good. And you know, it's interesting. It's not somebody setting themselves on fire. Interesting. <laughs> right. But, uh, it's different. I, I thought it was all right. I didn't absolutely hate it. I guess I just don't get it. I don't, I don't understand Why? But
0: uh, I guess maybe I'm not supposed to. Okay. So the album cover itself, bright colors, different stuff, headshots. I, I I guess that's the word, Sonny, I'll say is interesting. It it stands out to me, the dark black and then all these bright colors and photos. And says, you know, nice red lighting, uh, writing Foo Fighters, wasting light. And makes me think of photography and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's not. I'm not an artist. Fucking major. I have no idea what this is trying to relay or, or what this I just look at it and think, oh, okay. It's interesting. You know. It's got those like Sears S- step brothers, whatever fucking type of <laughs> <Yeah>. face photos. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sears portraits when you were a kid stuff, but whatever. I don't know. I don't think yeah. too much of it. It's all right. Yeah.
4: yeah, it's 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 nothing great. The the back cover has like a distorted picture of like a guitar and stuff. Um but Yeah, it's unfortunately, it's not. But like I said, Foo Fighters are notorious for just having trash album covers. I don't get it.
0: Yeah, well, um, the album is called Wasting Light. It's their seventh studio album Mm -hmm. uh, released April 12th, 2011. Produced by Foo Fighters and the legendary Butch Vig, who is uh, uh, a part of Garbage the band. Awesome. But also, legendary producer who produced Nirvana's Nevermind. Um, the album had six singles, which is incredible if you think about it, these yep. days for a rock album to have those many singles. The album went to number one in the US. It went number one in UK. Uh number one top hard rock albums, alternative albums. It went to number one on the charts. Uh, for and as far as I know, the album went platinum. Now we're mm-hmm. talking 2011, so I'm not sure if that's impressive or not, but it did go platinum.
4: Yeah, and in 2012, it also got full Grammy awards, including Best Rock Album. So they yep. they 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 crushed it with this with this album. This got like all the accolades across the board. Uh, uh, I think- relax,
3: crushed it. I'll I'll share some stuff with you later. I don't know if we can call it crushed
4: it. Okay. So remember, remember that remember when the Bullet Boys got Grammy awards and rock album? Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah that, man, they had to go up against Bango Tango yeah.
3: and Tangier.
4: Those, those are the up, Raz yep. those are the Razzie up Grammy awards. <laughs>
0: Dude, it, 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 he does have a point though. Sonny does have a point. Like, think of the albums back then in the '80s that were coming out. Who's their fucking competition? 2011.
4: You're gonna hear about it later. I did a little research. That's <laughs> no, fine. Oh no, and, and you and you uh, you are right. And before, before you even we even get into, it, you're right. The, first of all, winning best rock album by the Grammys might not be the accolade you think it is because yeah, they gave they gave. Everybody knows the story about fucking Jethro Tull beating out Metallica for a Grammy. So
0: <laughs> Grammys Anyways. are ridiculous. Yeah, of course, dude. They're I think terrible. Beyonce has like a thousand Grammys and by yeah. far the most. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, there you go. You don't have to say much more than that. But I'm right, just saying. Right. Now, going platinum might be the part that's kind of uh, Mm -hmm. impressive in 2011, selling that many albums. But regardless, that's where the album, those are the album facts.
4: One thing that stood out for me when doing some research on this, uh, first of all, if you're into this, there is a documentary called Back and Forth. That's really, really interesting. If you're a Foo Fighters fan, or if you're into music documentaries, it's called Back and Forth, and it's the documentary of the making of this album, which I think is really interesting because Dave Grohl wanted to go old school. He had Butch Vig, and they did the entire thing analog, no digital, no Pro Tools, no nothing. And I think that's kind of cool that Dave was like, "Let's go back. Let's be old school." You know, we're, we're the big time Foo Fighters, but you know, enough with the electronics, enough with the digital manipulation. Let's go classic and Butch kind of pushed back and Dave was like no we're, this is what we're doing this is my album um and Butch had to get his act together again old school because he had been so used to moving forward with all the the you know the technical uh things that people were doing these days so that was a huge thing for Dave and Butch to iron out um and I think one thing I will say about this that I love about this album is not just the you know the songs itself but the production is fucking spectacular every every instrument breathes every instruments loud and um one of my all-time favorite drummers rest in peace i think taylor hawkins is out of his mind on this album i think he's spectacular um but yeah if again if you're interested in the foo fighters or anything back and forth is a really really cool documentary it shows them you know rehearsing in dave's garage where most of the album was recorded um so it's it's very cool and i just i i just think dave's a likable guy and i think like not liking dave grohl is like just not liking like a puppy. It's like, he's the most harmless, non confrontational rock star in the world. But that's okay. But Sonny's just said he doesn't like puppies. So that's kind of why he doesn't like Not Dave a pet Grohl, guy. So. Never had yeah, a pet. Yeah, so I don't no, care. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Guys, any <laughs> other thoughts on the production, the sound, or whatever before we start getting into the
0: tracks? We want to get into it or what? Let's go to the songs. All right. All right. Song number one. <laughs>
3: of burning bridges we get bridges burning <laughs> so uh immediately you kind of get that raw garage type recording feel but later it kind of sonically fills up pretty good so you can tell that when they want to fill it up they can um when i listened to the song the first time i'm like wait a second i think i've heard something like this before it kind of had uh Red Hot Chili Peppers around the world vibe to me. So if you're a Red mm-hmm. Hot Chili Peppers fan, mm-hmm. just check that song out. When it started, I'm like, oh, my God, he started with a scream. And I just absolutely do not like alternative <laughs> rock. I just don't like <laughs> alternative rock. It's, I'm Here sure he's a nice guy, but I just not. The chorus wasn't bad vocal, vocal melody wise, but that fuzzy alt rock all over it. And that punk screaming, dude, then it got a little long. So I'm like, okay, well, if it's a punk song, at least I'll end in two minutes. I thought it was a minute too long for this shit. It just kind of shows that when they want to be pop, they can be. When they want to be punk, that's what they choose to be. And if they were a little more pop than punk, it would probably be more listenable to my ear. Overall, the song just meant to me. I would never listen to the song again
4: because it did absolutely nothing for me. Here we go. We're off with a bang. This is why I. This is why I love when we do individual picks, so that people can just bash. Fucking fantastic melodic hard rock that shifts gears between heavy punk rock. the The way it opens, um, the thing that I love about see, I love how he starts off with a scream and saying these are my famous last words. The rhythm of the song is like really weird and unique. The way the 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 groove. And then Sonny hinted at this, and you'll see this a lot throughout this album, the way the songs build and the way the instrumentation fills in as the song progresses. And then to me, Zeus, we say this all the time. when We talk about kiss about Paul Stanley's ability to write a hooky melodic chorus. Me personally, I think Dave Grohl is right there. I think if you need a melodic, hooky earwormy chorus, He can, he does, he throws these in these songs where maybe the verses or the instrumentation or the solo is like Sonny said, punkish or this or that. But when it gets to that chorus, it's undeniable. And I think that this is just with everything that's going on in this song, he pulls you in and then he gets back in and does all the crazy shit with the rhythm, the rhythms and the instrumentation. Uh, Taylor is just an absolute monster. Again, I'll just say that. I've already said it once. I say it again here. Um, But to me, this is a really good example of how Dave can scream when he wants to scream to add a little bit of emotion and power. But then he has that really melodic voice that he can nail. So as much as Sonny doesn't like this song, that's how much I love it.
0: (laughs) All right. So the whole album is credited to the whole band. Yep. Okay. So I'm not going to repeat who wrote the lyrics because the whole band. Uh, gets credit for it. So you're looking at Dave Grohl, Pat Smear, Nate Mendel, Taylor Hawkins, and Chris Schifflet. Uh, yep. gets credit for all the songs. Okay. So this was the fifth and final single. It made it to US Hot Rock Alternative number 22. It was on Madden NFL 12. Yeah. That's back when they had that. rock music, back when they had rock music on Madden. Yeah. Yeah. that That used to be fun. Yep. I listen to this. Remember, I haven't heard this album. And then I see and immediately I go to, oh, this is the Nirvana influence of him. Opening with the scream. He's got the punk pop kind of melodies going. Um, And even the drums when they start like that. Like this sounds like Stay Away. Uh, It's got the same kind of hook and he's staying true to his roots, I guess. But good for him. Uh, I like the callback, whatever keeps you warm at night. I like that part. Uh, It just seems like a straightforward pop rock song. Um, Oh, I like the outro when there's somebody, I think it's Taylor Hawkins is doing the callback vocals back to him. Yep. When someone is singing the verses behind the chorus at the end on the outro. That's cool. Uh, Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I think it's a a decent song Uh, I don't know if I would open it with it Because it's not in my mind One of the best on this album But it's a good song I I like it So that's track one Let's go track two And see if Sonny looks for a rope
3: Zeus shared the whole album's credited to the whole band. So they all have to take equal blame. (laughs) (laughs) I would say I like the topic of giving someone just enough rope to hang themselves. I would say two songs in that's apropos. I may need some rope. I will tell you the riff is good. When the two guitars started at the beginning and it was different in each ear, I'm like, Oh my God, this song does not, not going to have much hope because it was just, it was Weird and distracting to me, and I couldn't put the vocal and the two weird guitars together. The verse just kind of felt off, and I get it; it's on purpose, and it's supposed to be alt rock. But I'ma keep it simple, simple, stupid, guy, So I that that don't do it for me. I will tell you, I liked the dual vocal with Dave and uh, Dave and Taylor in the verses. I thought that was cool. I thought the chorus was good, but the problem is the rest of the song is just too weird. I thought the rip it out thing with the drum thing in the middle was good, but then didn't like anything after the drum thing. So the parts of the songs that I liked didn't hold up to the parts of the songs I absolutely hated. So to me, it just kind of ended up
4: meh. Yeah. This song, This is the first song I heard. Cause it was the single that was released. Um, it, it's funny, Sonny. Cause I have in my notes too, that Taylor Hawkins is doing like a Anton fig rip it out little impersonation there, which i thought was fantastic dave even acknowledges it um and chris Shifflett, the they they even kind of acknowledge this in some notes there where he says what my guitar is doing over the bass makes no sense it does but you don't know how he says it's kind of illogical in a way to your ear which is interesting because the song it is it is it's it's a weird rhythmic thing what's going on with the 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 instruments don't seem like they're working together but they are but again for me this is when he this is when he just puts it all together with just another incredibly melodic hooky chorus you get you get taylor hawkins just crushing it during the chorus with the cymbals and the drums he's just nailing it and i and i love i just i love when dave's voice gets like really powerful and melodic you know not the screaming Not the kind of the the low grumble that you have during the verses here. The verses here are really interesting, but I I just, I don't know. It's Foo Fighters. I I just, I think it's a great song. I I, I, I love what they're doing here.
0: So Rope, it was the lead single. It made it to number 68 on Billboard's Hot 100. It was the year-end number one rock song for 2011. It debuted at number one on the rock chart. It stayed there for 20 weeks until it was replaced by walk. It's got a quirky beginning. I don't know what the fuck is going on there. Yep. Uh the dual vocals that I talk about here, Dave and Taylor, you guys had mentioned, it, I thought it was pretty cool, but it's almost like the Robert Palmer song. <laughs> a couple of his Robert Palmer songs. The way they're singing the the lyrics, it's like yep. that song Clues, or did not mean to turn you on? It's like a subdued version of him, and you know what he really sounds like. So this is just a weird kind of way it it comes out, and then the whole choke scream. (laughs) We had a kid in college that that threatened somebody. Remember him?
2: Yeah, of course.
0: I'm gonna fucking choke you.
4: (laughs) Yeah, he became choker for the last like two years of college career. The
0: the Nina, the Pinta, and the Choco Maria. Yep, That was his name, Al Santa Maria Remember? We used to That's call right. him the Choker Maria Because he Heck was going it... to choke
4: people out He literally said, I'm going to choke you I don't even remember who he said to her like, Settle down, Choker
0: <laughs> Anyways I like the chorus, I like the lyrics They're very smart Okay, yeah. The solo's very grungy Overall, good song Album's improving, from what I hear so far um, Oh We got to take a step back we didn't talk about the vi- the videos. Every fucking song has a video on this album. Yeah, yeah,
3: They're, but some of them are fan videos, so I didn't watch the fan videos. So yeah in the, terms of I, official, I found most yeah. of
0: them were official though. So even on Bridge Burning, there's like a little girl bored at a fucking party, Yeah. and some creepy old guy with uh, fucking. Then she's at a table with like a Tucker Carlson looking like fucking idiot. Yeah, I, I I don't get it. I I don't get it either. It's just uh, yeah. now you get to this video. This is like an art kind of project video performance with the colors and the white and the black. I yep. thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, d- d- d-
4: Dave needs to get back to doing the videos like with Learn to Fly when he was like doing like the Mentos commercial. And he was oh, playing there's all a the- few of those. No, yeah. I know. Those are the videos I like. Don't get don't get all artsy with me, Dave. I thought this was uh, pretty cool, though. It's I mean, not bad. I, no, no, it's not bad.
0: It's not bad. But the one thing I want to make a uh, mention is like they becomes and, and they do this with a lot of other bands. The solo comes on, and they're showing Dave Whale. Yeah. Why isn't the fucking camera on the guy doing the solo? Because Dave does a lot of the soloing too, sometimes. It, but he's not soloing. He's not the right. one. Right. Doing. He's just playing. The, show he, the clip of the guy barely. Yeah. But then they show the rest of the band playing. Like the fuck, right. dude. Somebody else in limelight. Like. Right. Anyway, Sonny.
3: I actually loved this video. I, there was something, about, I've always loved watching bands rehearse in a circle. Yes. Right, so that whole circle thing. And then love the black silhouettes. I loved that the video was black and white without being black and white. Yep. Um, they look great. Like this video, I'm watching it going, wow, this is a really cool video. And when I got done with the video, I'm like, fuck, I listened to the song again. Yep. <laughs> right? So <laughs> some of these videos, and we'll talk about a few later too, they've got it figured out to where, kind of like the Beastie Boys did, it's like, watch this video. Our song, maybe you don't love, but you will listen to the song while this video is going because the video keeps you interested. Yep.
0: Yeah, I ended up liking some of the songs better because I watched the video mm-hmm. Yeah. than I did when I just heard it. Um, I don't know, something... Visual makes you the song pop and stuff. Let's go to song number three.
3: rosemary so the guitar melody starts this time and it did did give the song some hope so i'm like all right the verse guitar melody you know versus a drum off time a listen i'm like god damn it they're just distracting from the vocal melody like cut that out but then the chorus was awesome right so i'm like okay there is something different with this song so there was this bob mold Whatever the mold, whatever his name is, from yep. Husker Du. I don't know anything about Husker Du. And, sh- so and stopped- sugar, sugar is a really cool '90s oh. alternative band. Yeah. So I stopped listening to this album. Go to Husker Du. Tried like the top five songs on Spotify. Yeah. Bob's playing acoustic right around the corner here in a couple of months from now.
4: Yeah. Um, I won't be going because yeah. the Husker Du stuff sucks. <laughs> Husker Du's weird. Hu- Husker do like, like really like alt like before all became like popular and then oh, sugar
0: college music.
4: Yeah, exactly. And then sugar became yeah. a little bit more alternative poppy stuff. So yeah.
3: Okay. So then I'm like, all right, I like this song. So I'm trying to figure out what the song's about from the lyrics. So I'm like, I can't figure it out. So I started doing some research, read somewhere. It might be about Rosemary Carroll, who was Courtney loves divorce lawyer and thought that Kurt was murdered. I uh, read somewhere it might be about a husband who murders their wife. Read somewhere it might be about a teacher's crush. I kind of got suicide attempt out of it. Um, so I really like the lyrics. And I love the way the song ended too. So overall, I didn't think I could actually say this about a Foo Fighter song. But I actually
4: like this song. Now, this is a stunning development because this is not one of the stronger tracks on the album for me which I find interesting. It's, it's good. It's, it's, it's a lot more like brooding. It's not as poppy and ripping as, you know, the other songs that we've heard so far, which is fine. Bob mold for all the stuff that he can do or whatever. I I really think when he starts chiming in vocally at the end, I think it's distracting. Cause it sounds like he's like, he's like, "dear Rosemary. Like, it's like, it uh, doesn't fit. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, Dave idolizes Husker Du and Bob and I just and again it's only at the near the end when Bob chimes in but I'm like it 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 was just it stood out so badly that it just didn't fit but that's not even my problem with the song I just think it it's an it's an okay song look I look I like anything the Foo Fighters do everything they do has some kind of melody and I love Dave's vocals but just compared to the first two songs that were out of the gate blazing this this one is just a little bit okay for me
0: I put this as another straightforward uh rock song. Um, and I, I like the to me it's an earworm. You got away, got away, got yeah. away from me. Uh it's kind of haunting. I like the lyrics. Uh and then I put down whoever starts with the callback on the bridge has the worst Joycey voice. That's I knew you were gonna say that this, messing this song up. Because it's not Taylor Hawkins back. I'm like, that doesn't sound That's like him. Bob Mold. Just like, it didn't fit.
4: Zeus, as soon as I was listening to the song, I said, I can't wait till we hey. talk about this because me and Zeus are going to say this is Joycey backing vocals.
0: Yeah. It's like somebody put somebody who can't sing to do the yep. backing. To, like, <laughs> hey, yeah. My. Ace is gonna get a great album. I do backing vocals on it. Oh, I can't wait to hear that.
4: Yeah, I didn't like it at all. That's yep. what.
0: That's what it is. Someone putting their boyfriend or, her, or their cousin on the album to sing a song. Like, oh, yep. It doesn't. It did. It was pretty bad. But yeah, the but song like is good. So remember what we were talking about. I, I saw the videos, and I would like songs more. The video made me like this song. It it starts with like a suicide warning mission. I didn't realize it was suicidal stuff. It's haunting this good-looking couple and the lyrics and they're fighting in between them. I don't know who that Asian woman in this video was, but God damn, that woman's hot.
3: Kayla Sar- Saranian. Ah, S-A-R-I-A-N. you S-A-R-I-A-N. looked
0: it up. S-A-R-I-A-N.
3: Nice. Dude, She's she was, hot. She was hot. hot as well. Yeah, yeah. Very hot.
0: Yep. There's something about I'm... actors singing the words to the song. Yeah. Like, lip syncing singing
3: the song. Yes. I really yes. like that. When her arms first became black, I yeah. thought we were going a Venom route.
4: Oh, Jesus. I thought they
3: were going the superhero <laughs> Venom yeah, route. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But it was after the video, I'm like, oh, this is this song is absolutely about a suicide attempt because I got the same thing out of the video. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I the agree.
0: lyrics at the end, if you look back and you're like, you're, you know, Dear Rosemary, it's like a letter. And then they end the video with like some sort of a letter written or something like that. Yep. Right. Yep. So, anyways, let's go to the next track.
4: White limo. Oh, I've been waiting for this.
3: So, Foos Metal side. Uh, the minute the vocal started, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Indecipherable, screeching verses, unnecessary screaming, basically everything I hate about metal, speed metal, power metal, motorhead, alt rock, all in one song. <laughs> the only glimmer of hope. Is a bit in the pre-chorus. It gets catchy for about ten seconds. Supposedly, the lyric was written. Lyrics were written in two minutes. Sounds like it. If you're wondering what a day glow thong is, it's one of those <laughs> bright, skinny, skimpy thong things that are more, worn by men or women, depending on we wear them, uh, you know, We wear where you
4: go. We wear them on the cruise. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
3: Won the Grammy for best hard rock metal performance. So which I'm is like, which, what? What the, the fuck? fuck? Yes, right. So, here was the competition. Okay. Some 41 Blood in My Eyes. Terrible. Megadeth pu- Public Enemy number 1. Mastodon Curl of the Burrow. <laughs> Dream Theater Backs of Angels. Four Baruto That's fucking what, songs. Rough era for rock and metal. Yeah. Yeah. This is DAF. This is Desperate as Fuck yeah. for the Grammys, yeah. basically. Yeah. Overall, this song is in the running for the absolute worst song in recording history. Yes. This is so fucking bad.
0: Yes. So, so not on ARC in recording history.
4: history. Yes.
3: Entire life. I've heard Bango Tango songs (laughs) that are not as bad as this. This is unbelievably bad.
4: See, this is what I love as I've been listening to this. I mean, again, I've been listening to this album since it came out, but spending like excessive amounts of time with it for the episode. I'm like, I can't wait to hear (laughs) the reporting on white limo. First of all, vocally, I get it. Dave was kind of being a little bit of a tongue in cheek, like metal guy, like the distorted lyrics. I get it. Musically, I think the song absolutely fucking rips. I think it's a relentless ripping upbeat rock metal punk whatever. i think i love it i love the music i think the guitars are incredible like i love when it starts off when the drums kicking and you hear him just go Ugh, like and then it just turns into like this song i'm like this is why i love the foo fighters and dave Grohl. they can do all these weird things and this song's fucking weird the, the distorted lyrics whatever i mean completely indecipherable and that's the point um I think it's a fucking catchy song. It's cool. I mean, it's not a song that I go too often when I'm listening to the Foo Fighters, but I think musically it rips. And I just, you know, I take it for what it is. I think it's Dave just kind of being a little bit kind of with a smirk on his face for this one.
0: All right. So this was the second single, as you guys mentioned, won the Grammy Best Hard Rock Metal uh, performance in 2012. Uh, This is heavy Nirvana-like screaming. Yep. Sounds like Ty Cobb from Soundgarden, just Ooh, yeah, fucking it's a, barking out lyrics. That's a good one. Words, yeah. I mean, it. Hearing this originally, I'm like, "Oh, what a ripoff this is!" And it just fucking grew on me. Yep. It grew, it grew. <laughs> I love the pre-chorus when it changes from screaming to singing. Yes. Uh I'm just like, how the fuck is he gonna be able to perform this song live? How the fuck do you perform this at all? And then I remember like, seeing somewhere where he was talking about, oh, we did all this album live, you know, recording this and stuff. How the fuck do you record that live? The distorted fucking megaphone type lyrics. I mean, vocals, excuse me. Um, it's just relentless is a word that I think of. It just nonstop. And it grew on me. And one of the reasons it grew on me was because of that video where it's like fucking Lemmy in a white limo, driving around drunk, smashing into like this guy in a retro outfit, listening to a Walkman. Then they stop and pull over and pick up the rest of the band. And Lemmy's driving like a fucking idiot. And then all of a sudden they see Pat Smear in the corner, like a drug dealer. He jumps in and then there's this chick. And next thing you know, she's in the front with Lemmy. And next thing you know, the car goes off the fucking back. But in the middle of this, during the lyrics, they would cut back to the band in the car singing and screaming out what fucking the s- lyrics are in the song, and I'm like, "Holy shit, I fucking like this now!" And it really grew on me thanks to the video.
4: They did play this on the Wasting Light tour that me and Murph saw at the Garden. They played oh, almost Madness. the whole. They, they they played almost the whole. It was awesome. It was actually better because the lyrics were decipherable. You could hear it. So the the, the music. Yeah, the vocals—the vocals, the vocals yeah. you could you could hear, so it actually kind of gave it a little bit of a different flavor. But yeah, they played almost this entire
0: album on the Wasting Light tour. Yeah, I fucking loved it. I ended up nice. loving this song. Nice.
3: Yeah, the video was good. Um yeah. that hot girl at the end—that's yeah. girl's wife. That's Jordan. Yep. Oh wow, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. They drove off because the song sucked. I would have ah. done oh, Jesus Christ. There <laughs> we go.
0: we got we to <laughs> go through five With six more songs. <laughs> Fuck it. I had enough. We'll pull a
4: Selman Louise here and just yeah. fucking end it.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next track. <laughs>
1: Turn the other way Don't say there's nothing more to say Come on, hear me out Hush, hush, settle down Button up, don't make a sound Shame, shame, go away Come again some other
3: Alexandria, So supposedly songs about the suburbs of Alexandria, Virginia, where Dave lived, mm-hmm. the push and pull of where he lived, hated the place, but it's my home. So I do love it. I think that's pretty cool. Yep. Drums were awesome in this song. The dynamics are great. I do like the vocal, just the vocal with a little bit of guitar, and then it kind of builds into uh, the full verse to the chorus. But then it built to that fast alt-rock shit, fuzz pop uh, that I just don't love. But Grohl kind of has it figured out, like put it a, the shittiest song ever made in recorded history, and then put this song that I don't hate too much, So because it was just 10 million percent better than the shit we just listened to. That part in the chorus where he says, you ain't what I mean. I even read the lyrics, because mm-hmm. sometimes I can't figure out what he's saying, right? No. And you know how you think you here's something else. Cause I thought he was saying you in what army. That's what me I too. thought. He was That's what
4: it sounds yes. like. Yes. So then yes. I,
3: but you know how, when you go to the lyrics, you read it and then you yep. go listen again, you go, Oh, I can see how that says it. Yep. I still only heard you in What army? Me too. I don't think it is. You ain't what I mean. I think it is. You in what army. Cause that would yeah. make sense in the song too. I agree. Um, nope. So overall, this song was okay to me, but it could be recency bias of the shitty song. We had just
4: heard nice okay we'll take it uh this is a perfect example of one of the things I love about Foo Fight is the gradual build up the instruments get, get kind of grow a little bit the vocals grow a little bit it builds up it's like he's like building it's like he's building the song in real time as you're listening to it and I I, I like I think the chorus is just it's a rip and roaring chorus you know I like it the the bridge is fan he has such a great way to to bridge into a chorus, I, I just think he's—I think he's so friggin' skilled as a songwriter. It's one of the reasons why I've just been with this band since day one. Cool song, different, good follow-up to White Limo. I haven't mentioned this yet, but we talk about this sometimes on ARC, or I like to bring it up in terms of like track listing. This is one of the worst ordered. Track listing albums we've ever listened to because it is so top he- for me personally. It is so top heavy with the second tier quality songs, and the bottom half of this album is where I mean we'll get the bottom half of this album is where it it stands out. I, I think that the, I think this is such a disjointed track listing that I think it makes the listening. That's why you. That's why honestly, when I listen to this album, I listen to it on shuffle. I, I love the whole album. But I, sometimes I don't I don't prefer the order that it's that it's released in. But anyways, Arlandria, I like it a lot. Good song.
0: They actually released this as a single. In the UK, it was the fourth single there. When I saw this and heard the song, like a fucking other stupid bad woman named song about fucking that I've never heard named My- Arlandria. And then I'm like, oh, it's about a village in <laughs>
2: I'm like, oh
0: Fuck. You
4: I thought it was I'm like happy. Shandy 2.0.
0: Yeah, I literally wrote Shandy. <laughs> um. <laughs> I love the pre-chorus. Yeah. Uh you used to say no 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 yeah. He uses the kid phrase shame shame go away or fame fame go mm-hmm. away. Uh I like the build up on the last verse where he just starts screaming. Good song. Really good song. Yeah. Uh the video's another one of those like what the fuck are we doing? I can't believe who the record company is like put all this money in to do Every video yep. for almost every song, and they're like budget mo- They're not like simple. There's a lot of shit. Yeah, they're like on they're like
4: short things. films. Like it's weird. Yeah, yeah. There's a
0: bunch of vigilantes chasing this dude down in San yep. Francisco. I I don't fucking know.
3: Yeah, I don't well, get I it. I thought it was supposed to be Virginia because I, I I'm
0: like that
3: doesn't say anything about Virginia to me. I don't know how much mafia is in San Francisco, so I thought maybe it was New York. Yeah. But those imaginary figures: Cybertronic, the Mystic, Kabuki Girl, Keymaster, and Pizza Avenger. <laughs> I do gotta say, it's kind of cool that Dave doesn't take himself too seriously. Oh, and never! These videos are fun. Yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah, but that's and, a and, lot of work. These are all a lot of work
0: and money. The and, fuck!
4: And the funny thing I love about Dave too is he's not—he's kind of like a dork. Like he, like you know, he—he's a huge Kiss fan. He loves Rush. Like he's a pop culture guy. Like he—he he just you could tell with these videos it, it, like what does this have to do with anything and he's like you know what it has not. It has nothing to do with nothing that's why I'm going to make it he doesn't fucking care
2: yeah
0: all right these days we're going to sing a, we're going to review
2: these days one of these
1: days the ground will drop out from beneath your feet. One of these days your heart will stop and play its final God
3: All right, so the Foo approach to a ballad, kind of a weird time signature at times, almost felt a little Zeppelin to me. Drums are killer on this song. The vocal at the beginning is awesome. I could listen to Grohl like that for a full album. Mm -hmm. So on this one, I like the verses. I like the pre-chorus, but I didn't like the chorus because (laughs) that pause before that's easy for you to say, to my ear would have been cool if the vocal is clean afterwards versus that fucking screaming and yelling that absolutely ruined the course and the song for me. And then I'm like, wait a second. This thing is too close to my hero. I I can't listen to this. Then I'm like, all right, the song's going to end subtly. It should about four Oh eight. And then you get another Mm -hmm. minute of screaming. Like I just, at the end, I'm like, God damn, there was things about this song. I liked but then the stuff I didn't like overweighed what the stuff I liked. So I probably never listened to the song again, although there was stuff I liked about it.
4: I, 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 it's rare for me to be speechless. How the fuck do you not like this? This is the most basic melodic verse, chorus, verse. That chorus is horrible. That oh course God. This is, is shitty beyond this shit. Is, this is the guy that listens to bullet boys and you're shitting on Foo Fighters choruses. That's my, right. br- my brain can't compute. Uh, my Heart is, is st- a
3: rock is 1,000% my- better than this. Oh, my God.
4: Honest. Now, now I'm starting to think that you were dropped as a child and you have some kind of undiagnosed brain damage that we don't know about. I don't, I don't know what's happening here. The, uh, uh, all right. Let me back up and start over because you got me all flustered. So this song is this song has always been so anytime I go for a run, I don't know. I don't know why this song is always the very first song in my playlist probably because it starts out nice and quiet and slow and then slowly builds. I just I've always loved it. I just think it's it's pure melody. It's pure hook. The chorus. This is exactly what I. it's funny. The things that Sonny doesn't like are exactly what I do like. I like how it says easy for you to say boom. And then he kind of like he has like that controlled scream. It's not like a fucking axle scream it's just like an energetic emotive type of scream and then he pulls it back and then gets back into a really really nice groove with the drums taylor's a friggin' monster on this song he's a monster in everything some of his drum fills at the end of each lyric is, is just really adds a little bit of an earworm to it i just think it's a fantastic song i think it's one of the i think it it shows what foo fighters can really do well for me
2: all right, so
0: this was the fourth single, fifth in the UK, number two. Uh, I went to number two for rock and Alternative. So when I put the album on first time through, I usually, you know, I'm always loving it if something sticks out. And I'm like, oh, great, I can't wait to get back to this song. Well, this song was the song that did it for me on this album. It happens a few times, and then there are other ones that I'll just play the whole album, I'm like nothing sticks out. This whole album sucks. <laughs> but this song, I, I mean, I, I got to say, it, it's it got to catch your attention when you play this. It yeah. really does. Uh, Grohl says it's his favorite song he's ever written, wow. which is pretty big. I, I just think I, I can't describe it. It's the lyrics, the vocal melody. I thought the chorus is okay. I don't have a problem with it. It's just a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Now the video It's like a build up to a concert Behind the scenes look A little wanted dead of of alive Kind of thing It's pretty cool seeing that yeah. Seeing Dave with his family Kissing them goodbye Showing up The fucking setting up the stage Then rocking out Them walking What it's like to walk out there And behind the curtain And then going and seeing that huge stadium Full of people Yep, And then uh, kind of relaxing And kidding around off stage afterwards I thought it was really good
4: yeah, I, I like videos like this where they're really not trying to do like some kind of art mini movie. You know, it, it's it's the band, but it's it's not just a performance video. There's a little bit of there's a little bit more to it. So I thought I thought I thought that was kind of cool. And you can one tell other- you can tell that these guys like legitimately like each other. Like like yeah. the, the, they're the most like smiley band like around.
0: So one other thing, I, I, it was kind of haunting when the when he starts off at the beginning slow melody. You know, one of these days he says your heart will stop. Yep. And that's the clip of obviously uh, not done it, right on Taylor. Yeah. Right there. And that yeah. part is just him smiling back there. Yeah. Some black and white footage on this drums. And you're like, oh shit. I know yeah. they didn't plan that, but wow. Yep. yep. Yeah, these type of videos, they're humanizing.
4: Yeah, exactly. Right? Because
3: to a to a fan, you don't know if these guys are human. You don't know you know, what they're made of. You don't know if you want to meet them. And the, these kind of videos where you see actual personality, it makes you feel like, oh, maybe that dude would be cool to hang out with someday. And, uh, you know, all, the other thing this video, these type of videos do is they're one of the biggest bands in the world, right? Yep. So if you see the video, you're like, well, how come I'm not in these guys? Maybe these guys got something, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, uh, it does it for a lot of bands. I think it's a good idea to have at least one of those videos. Uh, because it just shows off who you are.
4: Yeah, speak real quick. Speaking of humanizing, that's that documentary that I mentioned back and forth about the making of. This, there's a really cute scene where Dave is in his garage rehearsing, and his daughter comes up, like his little daughter. She, I, I, she's like I know, five, six, whatever years old. She comes up and, and she kind of taps him on the shoulder, interrupt him because she wants to go swimming. And she doesn't, you know, she doesn't. She just thinks daddy's playing the guitar, but he, you know, and it's just like it's like that. It's probably staged, who knows, for the documentary. But yeah. it's one of those humanizing, kind of cute things. Like this is just like a regular guy, you know. He's famous and he's in a band, but he's just a guy with a kid who who wants to go swimming, you know.
0: It's just just kind of cool stuff like that. I think is neat. Gotcha. All right, let's go back and forth to the next track.
1: time, I was somebody else in another life. I sold myself way back then, back when I was new. Somewhere down the line, I started to slip. Years gone by, biting my lip.
3: right back and forth um i like that it started immediately again like that the verse kind of built from basically just a vocal into that full production so we get about a minute in and i'm like all right there was no screaming yet not yet all right so we're about three minutes in i'm like please 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 no fucking screaming no fucking screaming please 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 please. thank you mr Grohl, for not screaming in this song i appreciate you because i actually enjoyed this song a little bit better You know, I read this review. It said, uh, it's the Foo Fighters doing late-era replacements, think, don't tell a soul, Mm -hmm. and it's an an unpretentious blast of energy that's slick but boisterous enough to feel like a late-night college party. It's also another example of how a band can write exceptionally great verses and super good choruses or vice versa, a back-and-forth conundrum. I don't know if all that is accurate to me. I would say it was pop. It was very cheap trick. Um, it's better than most cheap trick I've heard. So who's mm-hmm. got that going for it? The part that I hated. Because there's always a part that I hate. Because I Do for it. some reason, Roll does this. N-r- 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 I'm like, what the fuck? Yep. Dude, like I actually was enjoying the song. Why is it got the... I don't understand.
4: But, I'm with you, well, dude. I, I think this is a this is a really great song for me. Again, the hook, the melody, the chorus. It's it's. I love how each line of lyrics for the opening verse. Again, it's a song that builds a little change in the drums of what of what Taylor's doing until it grows, and then that you got a lot of nerve. And then near the end of the song, he does it like he doubles back. I'm like, Dave, what? the fuck why would you do this song so far is checking off every box you got the chorus the hook the melody the drums the groove everything is great and then you just you did you're pissing on the song here like and, and it's and it's so funny because every time this song comes on, I'm like oh I love back and forth oh but I got to get through that part where he fucks up with nerve I'm like ah yeah frustrating for because it's like other than that I think it's a great song the, the backing harmonies are really great during the chorus but he just kind of uh, throws a wrench in there with that one.
0: So back and forth, it's just a typical pop rock song, especially on the chorus. It's fun. The lyrics are pretty cool. And it's obviously became the name of the Foo Fighters documentary of which Tom has been mentioning. I like it. It's kind of like, I don't know, almost like a sixties kinks Beatles kind of catchy pop song. Power pop. Yeah. 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 It's a decent song. Alright, it's a matter of time before Sonny blows up on this album even more. Here we go.
1: Let's change the subject to someone else You know lately I've been subject to change. Real in the strange. Hang on.
4: So
3: a matter of time, when the song started with that fast guitar picking, I'm like, oh, no, here we go. Fucking punk, alt-rock shit. Then the verses start, and I'm like, all right, I kind of like that melody. And the two different guitar parts in the ears were actually working on this one. And then it gets to the, it doesn't matter much to me. It doesn't matter much to you. Ooh. And I'm
5: like, what the fuck? (laughs) What? like what he gotta do?
3: Like so it's like this thing, and then I didn't like the overall chorus either. And it's like all these melodies that are at times really pop hooky. He tries to add an aggression, which first of all to me isn't always sold that well. And then as Dave gets older and richer and bigger and playing to God and everybody, sells less and less. So Unless something kind of catches my ear with it, the aggression plus the melody doesn't work for me. Like it works in stuff like disturbed, but it's almost done on purpose and like this halting way that that Dave sings. But here it doesn't sell for me. And then that middle part at 315, I'm just like, I don't need that either. So I was like, it had hope. And then the minute it went, ooh, I'm like, all hope is gone. And then I hated the rest of the song.
4: All right, so we Sonny and I agree on a couple of things. I do think that the ooh is a little bit weird. It's almost like some kind of it's almost like he's throwing in like some kind of new wave.
2: Ooh, like, dice like, thing.
4: yeah, like some like some kind of weird influence. But again, I like how the song it's it's another song. I mentioned it a couple of times, but I have to because this is what they're doing. It there's the song is like growing, he's adding different things, and then I lo- the the bridge is cool, except for the ooh. But then I love the ripping proper chorus. I think it's great. And then he pulls back and then gets into the verse number two. I don't know. Obviously, Sonny and I have—I get it—different tastes, different preferences for the kind of music that we like. But I don't know. Foo Fighters scratch my itch for that—that that hook and that melody. And they just—they do—they do it again on this one. This is another standout for me.
0: Matter of time, another pop rock song. I put it, it's like it's got some fun verses. But I'm not a fan of that pre-chorus. It doesn't matter much to me. I think it just it doesn't work. <laughs> it's dice. It's weird. Uh, but the chorus is better. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. That's catchy. It's yeah. it sticks with you. The video is a bunch of fuck. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like for this m- mediocre song in the middle of this album, <gasps> they put all this fucking time and effort into this video with them as old people like in a fucking yeah. playing bingo doing stupid faces and hamming it up for the camera what the fuck who who yeah. green light this and who, who from the record? yeah sure throw some money at this it was fucking
4: I think ridiculous they, i think that like we said earlier they can pull it off because they're, they're one of the biggest bands in the world they're just fucking they can do whatever they want there, there's really no but you're right. Why are they doing it? Like, do, do the Foo Fighters need all these videos? No, they don't.
0: It, that, that's a lot of money and effort that went into that video.
3: Yeah, yeah, but it might be like the Rob Zombie thing where Grohl likes the acting and exactly. the part of the video that are two to three minutes and the creativity yep. Yep. that it creates. Where maybe he didn't get to really draw the picture in the song. He gets to draw the picture on the video. fair. No, you're right. You're right. Use
0: your own fucking money to do your own home video to this shit from the record company. It ain't fucking an album. With you really, you, 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 you really think selling the- that much for this shit? Dude, what do you think? The record
4: company's going in the couch cushions looking for coins to make videos for the Foo Fighters. I mean, come on, who, pay-
0: who pays for the video? Do you think the record company isn't making money from the Foo Fighters? Without- they may- the record company, I don't know how much they're making, but I don't think they're making it off their touring. That's where Dave and them are making all their money off the fucking huge tours. The record sales itself isn't doing much. I'm just saying that's a fucking lot of money to do. And 11 videos is all I'm saying. And a lot of effort into these videos. These aren't like just like performance videos. So I'm, it's just a lot. I'm just surprised. And, and don't get me wrong. I have no sympathy for record companies. They rip off artists all the time. So good for them if they can get this you know and then again you're right the biggest rock band out there so they gotta fucking please them so yeah all right (laughs) these song lyrics I I I can only imagine where Sonny's gonna go Uh, Miss the Misery is next
3: All right, so I saw that Fee Wable was involved, and I'm like, all right, maybe this thing has hope because I like the tubes. I like the tubes, and I will tell you that I really tried to like these songs. I wanted to be wrong, right? I was like, forget about your bias about what you think the Foo Fighters are, can you just listen to this album and not worry about? whether Nirvana or anybody else, just listen to the song. And I get it. Bro's talented, seems like a genuine guy. I just don't like the feel of the songwriting. And all I heard in Miss the Misery is circa 2000's Nirvana. Arena rock song. I'm sure the energy comes off great live. I'll never see it because I don't give a fuck. And all of the songs have something weird in them. Either it's with the music or or the vocal melody, and always kind of this scream and aggression. I just didn't like this song either. Like, I, I just, I
4: really tried, I swear. I just couldn't get into it. No, I know. You just, you know, you have a terrible taste in music. It's okay. I mean, people are, you know, the, the people are figuring that out. It's okay. I like this song because it's very different. It's grungy. It starts off very heavy and grungy, and the rest of this album is not grungy at all. Foo Fighters isn't grunge. Th- this album, they kind of tap into that, that grunge. The chorus for me is kind of a little wonky here. It's not one of his better choruses, which is kind of surprising for me to say because I think that's a strength of Dave and the Foo Fighters. Uh, during the verses, again, another compliment to Taylor. What Taylor Hawkins is doing with the symbols it, it's weird because we talk about earworms. I think what he's doing with the symbols during the verses is like an earworm to me. L- l- listen to that when you listen to it. I think the bridge is a little bit off. Musically, I like it because it's kind of stomping and it's heavy and it's not as poppy and new wave or whatever as some of the other songs. But I-, I-, I like this one. It might not be like a standout, but I, I do like this one.
0: Miss the Misery. I don't hear Nirvana at all on this song. It's a mid-tempo rock song. Uh, they do say Wasting the Light. I always like finding albums. Yes. That the title of the album is somewhere in the middle of a song. Yep. That's yep. not the song title. In the, So Wasting Light is in the lyrics. Like, of all his catchy, hooky songs, like, this is the least. Yeah. Like, it's okay. It's not a bad song, but it doesn't do anything for me. And uh, the video is uh, like an actor's class, weird weird. shit, a couple and a woman disappears into the wall and paint and the guy's freaking out like it looks like fucking theater art in the local town uh, community group or something.
3: Yeah, all of the art that I loved on rope and how that was done. I actually hated it on this video. I'm like, what is that,
0: dude? Come yeah. On. yeah,
4: really, really. It's almost trying a little too hard, which is weird because the Foo Fighters don't usually do that with their videos.
0: Yeah, and it's not. It's like the opposite. Like, I didn't like this couple, like the Dear Rosemary couple. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bring bring back that hot Asian good girl and maybe I would like this. <laughs> All right. I should have known maybe uh, Ta- Sonny's going to shit on this next song. Let's go to that.
4: Well, it wouldn't be the Foo Fighters album review if he wasn't.
3: I should have known. (laughs) I should have known you were going to make this album. As I said, I'm not a huge alternative rock fan. I am a huge ballad fan. And alternative rock bands don't normally do great ballads either. So the song was moody, definitely darker. The vocal at the beginning was great. And then the screaming here actually sold the pain a little bit on this song. I read somewhere this song's not about Kurt. Bullshit. This song is about Kurt. The violin stuck out. I thought the song ended great. Overall, I thought Grohl actually sold this song really well. I would say this is one of the best alternative rock ballads I've ever heard in my life.
4: Wow. Wow. Yeah, this one here, this is, I said this at the beginning of the episode about the emotion of Dave, and it's not, it's, uh, it's not forced, it's not pretend, it's not anger for the sake of anger. Uh, He is pouring his heart out on this one. There's, the emotion is raw, you can feel it. When he's saying, though, I cannot forgive you, it's, it's, it hits, uh. There's there are stories about this being about Kurt. There's another story about this being about one of his childhood friends named Jimmy Swanson, who died of a drug overdose in 2008. And Dave saying he should have known it was going to happen because of the friendship that he had with him and the life he had with him. But when he when he. Pours out the fact, you know, though, I cannot forgive you like ah that it's a tough listen. Um th- this is this is a good song. it's, it's not a song that you're going to go back on and listen to, you know, when you're having a cookout or something, but uh, I think this is Dave really showing a strong side of him when he can when he can be emotional.
0: I should have known. It's got the slow build up repeating I should have known. Uh it's a pretty good song vocally for Dave, especially as he goes nuts towards the end and he is getting passionate. I feel it's really genuine. I just I don't know. I'm not that big of a fan of the song. It's not catchy Mm
2: -hmm.
0: uh, as far as like melodic and stuff. It's just a depressing type of song. But it it, it works because he sings well. So the video, again, whatever we said in the last video, uh, this one is a puppet mayor going around town doing stupid shit. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is this?
3: Yep Yeah, I watched the video for about a minute
4: and i'm like i can't watch this video it's ruining the
0: song for me and I'm yeah. like, I can't watch.
4: yeah it's true you brought you guys both bring up interesting points how videos can add or subtract from
0: your enjoyment of the song it's yeah it's true this th- imagine if this was done right yeah i'd probably like the song better yeah seeing this it like detracts from the lyrics and the vocals and the passion that he's putting out it's like what the fuck is this stupid muppet guy (laughs) what are you talking about i'm a
3: big fan of the Foo fighters so think about that if mtv was four years in yeah when kiss starts in 74 yeah dude kiss is bigger than the rolling stones possibly bigger than the beatles oh god paul's right you you listen to music with your eyes
4: too that is part of the thing Can you imagine you're right? Can you imagine if Kiss had videos from their debut album all the way through? They'd have Diamond Records. You're right.
0: You're right. Absolutely true. I always look at I always think of it as like Love Gun is like the big anticipated album. By that point, they were already the biggest. Could you imagine them doing a video opening up with I Stole Your Love? A video for that. Right. People would be like, fucking Love Gun would be like off the charts. You're right. Yep. Yep. Anyways, let's finish this. With the last song on the album,
1: million miles away, your signal in the distance to whom it may concern. I think I lost my. Good at starting over every time.
3: So walk. I had never heard the song before. So song starts four seconds in, I hit pause. I'm like, wait, I've heard that. I listened to that first four seconds, like 20 times. I could not figure out what the hell I was hearing. I'm like, I hear something. I cannot go to the rest of the song until I figure out what that song is. And I took a couple of shots of what I thought the song was went to go listen to it on spotify i'm like that wasn't it that wasn't it when i get into that dude i can't even think so the yeah. next person i text is tony tony yeah. look can you listen to the first four seconds you don't gotta listen to the whole food fighter song i don't want to put you through that pain just listen to the first four seconds and tell me what this is he sends me back uh Tal bachman what she's so high
4: i'm like that's it that's oh yes exactly what i was hearing too bad that song is unlistenable but that's okay oh, i, love that, I cool, she, love that song actually you know what zeus Cut that clip out right there. I love that <laughs> she, song. Tell that Bachman, song. She's So She's High so is high. Sonny Poonie loves.
3: So, so awesome. <sighs> All right. So Walk, the, anthemic, the uh, th- anthemic, alt-rock, closer, drums are great. Dictionary definition of what I call an alt-rock anthem. And I absolutely hate those fucking things. I always thought these songs were meh because they're so fucking alt-rock, rah-rah, I just I don't like it. I didn't like it when, you know, Helix was doing it. Give me an R, give me an O, give me a C, give me a K. You're right comparing the
4: Foo Fighters to Helix spelling words. <laughs> Helix that's, might we, be that's how far we have fallen. Helix might be better. Okay. All right. I'm not doing it. <laughs> the guy, everybody, with, the, everybody, the guy every, with
0: the missing teeth in his video smiling. Everybody,
4: <laughs> everybody, welcome to the last episode of Album Review Crew. I'm, I'm signing so, off. So this song won two
3: Grammys. Best rock performance by a group and best rock song. Here were the other nominees: Radiohead, Lotus Flower, terrible. Yeah. Don't even know it. Yeah. Mumford and Sons, terrible, Cave. terrible. Decemberist, Down by the Water, who? Coldplay, Every Teardrop Is a Waterfall. Ooh, what a rough roster another that or is or brutal song. Terrible. Desperate as fuck Grammys. Terrible. That's what this is. Terrible. The only thing I like about this song is about half of the chorus, where it's a little bit pop, that whole, I believe I waited long enough. That's about it. The rest of it, complete meh. I hate these alt-rock anthemic shits.
4: You hate fun. I hate fun. Okay, as long as we got that on record. Okay, well, so this is, again, why I was looking forward to this episode here, because to me, this is my all-time favorite Foo Fighters song bar, by far. By far. Nice well, make to, it Orion. You're part of the Orion. Because, because to me, this song incorporates everything that the Foo Fighters are and does it perfectly. It has their greatest chorus. It has their greatest melody. It has Dave with the passion and energy that part near the end when he is screaming, I don't want to die. I never want to die. I'm dancing on my grave. And he just keeps building and building till it sounds like it's the, the listen to the song. It gives me goosebumps. And then the thing that is pure Dave Grohl Foo Fighters brilliance is after he's screaming bloody murder. It goes right back into, I think, their greatest chorus, that super melodic "Learning to Walk Again." I just, I think, Sonny, I get it. You don't like the Foo Fighters? That's fine. You know, there are bands that you like that I don't like. That's fine. But for for me, this is the song. For for if somebody said, "What are the Foo Fighters? Can you play a song by them?" Honestly, this would be the song I would play for them. This is it.
0: Walk is the third single. It was number one on the Billboard rock songs. won Grammy for Best Rock Performance uh, and Best Rock Song. It also won uh, the video for MTV in 2011, Best Rock Video. I just put it's an uplifting song with some cool-ass lyrics. Love the building up at the end, the screaming, I never want to die. And supposedly, from what I understand it is almost like the opposite of Nirvana and I hate myself and want to die, even though that That's- song is kind of a joke. So yeah. I don't know why they said that. And Pat smear the guitarist who played with Nirvana towards the end yep. said, it's like the opposite and it's lyrics about enjoying life an antithesis of, I hate myself and want to die. Uh, and, and he says, he talks about David Grohl says he talks about um he wanted to be a little optimistic tone instead of the negative feelings he had when Kurt Cobain killed himself. He wanted otherwise other people to realize that you can get trapped in a crisis where you imagine there's no way out when you really, if you dare to consider that it's a crisis, a blip on the radar, it's easier to push through. So yep. when you hear that, you're like, Oh, I like the song even more because, what he's trying to uh, show everyone in and talk about in his lyrics. I like the song. I think it's great. Uh, the video is like falling down the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of different funny little clips going around. Yep. It almost, again, I like the video, but it almost takes away from like the seriousness of the
4: song. So it's funny, you bring you keep you guys keep bringing this up. This is why i I haven't said this yet, but when when we watch videos for preparation for these episodes, i I almost kind of like flip through the I don't watch the whole thing start to, because I don't want that to happen. I don't want a song that I love or a song that I hate to be influenced by the video. so i I, I watch the video. I get the point of the video, but I don't want it to influence I don't want it to ruin my experience of the song that I already have without the video.
0: Yeah, the thing is for me, I won't watch the videos until after I've already exhausted me listening to the album.
4: Yeah, I get that. And then
0: before I put my notes down, I'll watch the video and then I'm like, oh, shit. It it makes me change my ranking sometimes. and gives me a different perspective.
3: Yeah, I don't watch the videos until after I've heard the album for a while and already have all my notes down. And so all my notes are done. All my thoughts are down. And then I'll watch the video so I can just kind of concentrate on the video, not have to concentrate on the song. Mm-hmm. And this was another one where I'm like, damn, the video's over. Wait, I thought I didn't like that song. I guess <laughs> that song wasn't that bad. It yeah. was a yeah. video so good. I absolutely love that movie Falling Down. Oh, my it's God. It's, a a, it's amazing. It's amazing. So to do a video based on that. Dude, the fry hat. Do you want yeah. fries with that? That fry hat. Oh, oh yeah. My God, I was on the ground laughing. Yeah.
4: It's great, uh, great video. Great. Yep. video. Yep. Well, those are the tracks.
0: Final thoughts. Start with Tom.
4: Uh, I, you know, it's my album. I picked it. I told you at the beginning, and I've told you throughout the, the, the track reviews here. I just, I just love it. I don't love everything the Foo Fighters do. There are a couple albums that I don't find myself going back to that often, but this album has been in steady rotation for 12 years. The entire album, not just certain songs. I just think it really, it really just solidifies what what they are as a band and, and what I want to listen to when I'm when I'm hearing the Foo Fighters. I just think it's a, a terrific album. There's a lot of energy, tons of emotion, tons of hooks and, and pop and punk influences, and I, I just think it's a it's a tremendous album for me.
3: Uh for me, yes, Dave is talented. Yes, Foo Fighters is one of the biggest bands on the planet. I like that growl fanboys over people. He seems genuine. uh, Doesn't seem to take himself too seriously. Seems like he'd be a cool guy to hang out with. The band and the album is great for some people. Um, Let's be honest. It's great for a lot of people. It just doesn't fit my taste. I'll never be able to let go of the Nirvana connection. And I'm just not an alt-rock guy. And on this album, I really liked maybe two or three songs. I really hated, hated one song. The rest of them were all bottom dwellers that were a bitch to rank, and I couldn't figure out which one could be number four, which one could be number 10. Tommy, I cannot forgive you yet (laughs) for making me listen to this fucking album. (laughs) (laughs) But after spending almost a month with it, I
4: have confirmed my thoughts that Foo is poo. Oh, Sonny. I feel bad for you we need to do like a clockwork orange kind of incident with you and get you to just pay attention to real music. Oh god. It's Zeus.
2: All right,
0: so for me I would say this. Uh it, this album reminds me of The Winery Dogs Hailstorm where I wasn't familiar with the album. I listened to it. I I come away with liking the album. There's nothing though like those two albums that makes me go, this al- this one song, it just stands out. It's the greatest song. I'll- they're all good songs. It's a bunch of good songs. It's a good album. I would listen to the whole album, and I really wouldn't be, oh, I got to hear this one track. I like those three bands and these three albums that I weren't, wasn't familiar with, and now I, I have albums that I know and like, and when they come on shuffle, I'll listen to the songs. So I'm happy I got this. I'm happy I listened to it. It's made me kind of go back and listen to my other Foo Fighter stuff. So all in all, it did its purpose, which is to kind of get you to listen to new music. Cool. Good. All right. Now comes the fun part. We rank the songs. Okay. And I will say, like Sonny, this was extremely hard. Not by which one is my favorite. It's just like, what's the fucking difference? <laughs> <laughs> like for a lot of these songs they're all catchy kind of pop songs
4: mm-hmm. that
0: you're like I found it hard
4: uh Tom do you want to go first sure uh number 11 dear rosemary Whoa. wow <laughs> right out of the gate I love this album I mean I still like that like there's no skip so this is a this is one of the very rare albums on ARC where it's it's a it's a complete playthrough for me but something's got to be last so that's it for me Uh, Number 11 for me is one of the worst
3: songs in music recorded history. And the problem is it's not the worst song probably that we've ever had on ARC because we've had a lot of songs.
0: That are the worst recorded songs in history. White limo. Oh, how dare you? Uh, Number 11 for me, and I've changed this along the way a couple times, and that is Miss the Misery. Just doesn't do much for me.
4: Yeah, it's kind of a weird one. Uh number ten for me is white limo. Uh number ten for me is rope. Chuck! Oh dear
0: lord. Chuck! Oh god. <laughs> uh number ten, I should have known. Uh that is my number nine. Wow.
3: Okay, my number nine the bridges are burning. Oh boy.
0: I believe that's bridge singular. Yeah.
4: Sorry. I thought it was beds are burning. It's a better song. Yeah. Good. Pick midnight oil for
0: next month. All right. Uh, Number nine for me is bridge burning. Oh my
4: Lord. Uh, number 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 eight for me is miss the misery.
3: Number eight for me is miss the misery.
0: Number eight for me. is just a matter of time. Number seven for me is
4: Arlandria. Number seven for me is walk.
0: Ouch. Number seven for me, back and forth.
4: That is my number six. Number six for me is a matter of time.
0: Number six for me is rope.
4: Number five for me is matter of time. Number five for me is
3: these days.
0: Wow. Uh, Five for me is walk. Hmm.
4: Number four for me is bridge burning.
3: Number four for me is back and forth. Back
0: and to the left. <laughs> back and to the left. <laughs> <laughs> That's sunny when he listens to this. <laughs> four for me, dear Rosemary. Three for me is rope.
3: Three for me is... Aland uh Alandria.
0: Fucking stupid song <laughs> name. Uh three for me is Arlandria. By the way, I can't believe no one has said fucking uh what do you call it throwing ropes around yet? Yeah,
4: that's a good point. Uh number <laughs> well, two you no, go. number two for me these days. Uh, number two for me is I
0: should have known. Wow. And number two for me. Is White Limo Love it Wow
4: That's yes. a, that's an interesting one Nice Fucking fun song uh, Number one for me is Walk and Number one for me is Dear Rosemary Wow That's my last
0: and, Interesting And for me The song stood out the first time I played it It stayed my favorite song And that is These Days
4: Nice Great song
0: All right, so we had
3: a tie for two. So our top four, at number four, we got Dear Rosemary. Tied for the second spot was Walk, and is it Arlandria or Alandria? Arlandria. Arlandria, okay. And number one was These Days, and a distant,
4: distant dead last was Miss the Misery. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. So even though I had Dear, yeah, I had Dear Rosemary dead last, Sonny had it first and Zeus had it fourth. So that kind of lifted it up. Wow. Okay.
0: Cool. Wow. All right, guys. Now we go to the actual album itself and compare that to the previous albums we've reviewed. So, Tom, want to go first?
4: Yep. So, right now, my top five covers are moving pictures. Monk on fire, Rage Against the Machine, Blizzard of Oz, Purple Rain, and Master of Puppets. This is not a great cover by any stretch of the imagination. The color scheme is kind of cool against the black. I don't know. Is it better than Blood and Cum? Is it better than Billy Squire's feet? I I, I don't know. It's better than Billy Squire's feet, but it's not. Might not be better than the little rainbow thing there. I'm gonna put this at um. I'm gonna put this at 36.
3: All right, my top five. Five was Moving Pictures. Four. Monk on fire raging as the machine. Three, come and get it. Two, slide it in. One, peace of mind. I didn't think this album cover was that bad. So I got it dead center at number 21, below mechanical resonance, right above the high fiving 10.
0: Hmm. Okay. Interesting. All right. So for me, number five, slide it in. Four, peace of mind. Three, appetite. Two, Blizzard of Oz. One, Hotel California. Yeah, I'm like you, Sonny. I I didn't think it was was that bad. So I'm gonna put this right underneath Shout at the Devil and above Operation Fucking Mindfuck. So this is going in at number 24 for me. Okay. Let's go to album. Okay, my top five albums.
4: Number five, Monk on Fire, Rage Against the Machine. Number four, Shout at the Devil. Three Purple Rain, two Moving Pictures, number one Master Puppets. There will be absolutely no bell ringing on this episode. But I am struggling with this because I love this album. It's got to knock something out. Uh, this is going to go at number seven. Oh. It is go- It is going to knock down Mechanical Resonance. I, can- I want it- to... It can't knock out ten. Ten's just been part of my life for 20 extra years. So I, I just can't knock it out. So, but wasting light, my favorite foo album, one of my all-time favorite bands. So this is going at number seven for me
0: for album. Oh, that because you knocked down mechanical resonance, that might take mechanical resonance off the combined number one spot. We'll see. Oh, that's right. Interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. My Top five albums:
3: Five is Appetite, Four Slided In, Three Hailstorm, Two Purple Rain, One Black Tiger. Wasting Light is not the worst album we've ever done because that belongs to REM. Okay, but I did have this ranked at number four zero forty, Jesus so God. it is below Jar of Flies and above Load. Wow, my and Lord. yes poison is better than this
4: yes well you do have an image to uphold Sonny. so you're working on <laughs> upholding that thank you <laughs> i am All consistent if right. nothing else <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> i've got number five pyromania four blizzard of oz three hotel california two automatic for the people number one purple where am i putting this i'm going to put this at number 28 under Load above Master of Puppets. I There's songs on load that I will specifically want to hear okay, and, uh, and go to. Whereas this album is a straight forward pretty good album, and I'll listen to it. Okay. It's just I don't have a song that I'll run to go and listen to. So I okay. put this at 28. Okay. So for
3: the
4: hate mailers, just yes. want to let you know, I have Master of Puppets ahead of Wasted Light. By the way, Sonny, I, th- you, I, I'm already prepared. There's going to be a lot of people that agree with you for some reason. And the food... does not? Just want wait to a minute.
0: Wait a minute. I have Master of Puppets 29. You have it 31. So you don't it doesn't matter. Bo- you don't care about this album. <laughs> yeah, but, but this album is not something that's so off. Like oh, the Foo Fighters. How can you like them? They're the popular, most popular rock band out there these days. It's not polarizing like Bullet Boys and. In bad English,
4: it's not polarizing, but you'd be surprised the amount of people that have a strong like it's a
0: Dave Grohl thing. That, that that's what you okay. I'm telling I want anybody out there listening, yep, that will tell us that they would rather hear bad English's <laughs> album over this album. I seriously want to see if anybody says, Yeah, I agree with Sonny, bad English is better. And my
3: problem isn't with Grohl, although every time I see him, I'm like ah oh, Grohl, that's because I don't want my rock and the whole genre represented by this guy. I wish I get it. it was. It I, one of and my that's you're guys. right. I get right. it. Right. And I wish it, it was is one right of my now.
0: guys, but that doesn't make me hate Dave Grohl. I just don't like all rock. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, he's yeah. hard to. I mean, for me, I find him hard to dislike. He's yeah. such a nice guy. Yeah, seems like he like a nice likes, guy. and he likes. He's not like one of these. Oh, only my type of music. He'll pop on pop songs, yep. speed metal, thrash, hair metal. Like he, he's not, yeah. he's not fighting with anybody. He, doing-
4: he, he did an album called the DGs where he covers the songs from Saturday Night Fever by the Bee Gees. It's fucking yeah, like, incredible. It is his incredible. music taste
0: is insane. Then he'll do like a fucking huge like alt metal album with these. Crazy yep. bands that he comes up with, yep. You're like the fuck. God yep. bless him. Yep. And well, just the personality, like the Crown yeah. Royal
3: commercials. Yeah, right. You want to talk about an asshole? Ingve Malmstein is not going to be doing
4: Crown Royal commercials. No,
0: no. Yeah, and Paul Stanley uses him as his token. Like, look, I get credibility. Dave Grohl's my friend.
4: Yeah, yeah. it's because Dave Grohl's
0: too nice. Yeah, yeah. And well, he was at Paul's seventieth birthday party.
4: Yeah. yeah, be my friend godfather like that's, that's a fucking that's because Paul Stanley was on the verge of having a Peter Brady potty
0: <laughs> all right so that wraps up Foo Fighters now we go to this <laughs> Tom, what makes you rock hard? All right. So
4: I listen to a, a lot of podcasts, and I don't listen to very many narrative podcasts. So if you're not familiar with that, so what these podcasts are that we're doing right now, these are just like talk show and goof. So a narrative podcast is almost like an audio book where it's usually like one person, and they're reading from a script, and they're talking about like a specific topic. I don't listen to a lot of those because sometimes they can be kind of boring. But I discovered this new one on The Ringer, and it's called Do We Get to Win This Time? And it's a narrative podcast about how the Vietnam movies shaped the way that we think about the Vietnam War. So it shows how Hollywood covered Vietnam. And each episode is about 45 minutes to an hour. And they focus on one or two movies because we're all kind of around the same age. And we all remember the late 70s and especially the 80s. Vietnam movie on top of Vietnam movie, whether it's Apocalypse Now or Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, you know, it gets into First Blood and like even the cheesy missing in action Chuck Norris movies. And it talks about <laughs> and it talks about how those movies really like shaped the way our generation like thought of Vietnam. And it's re- this they're very well produced. They have interviews with. You know, there's excerpts from like Oliver Stone and excerpts from even Sylvester Stallone when he was making like the Rambo movies, the author of the book, the the guy that wrote the book First Blood talking about, you know, full metal jacket clips from like William Defoe, Platoon. It's really well made. And I enjoy it just because I remember growing up in that era and seeing all those movies, especially when cable TV and, you know, video rentals were like the thing. And there was you couldn't keep up. There was so many Vietnam movies. So it's really, really well made. It's on the ringer. I'm not sure if it's a Spotify experience exclusive i know the ringer is kind of weird with some of their new shows that they sometimes make them spotify exclusives um but it's called do we get to win this time it's very it's very well made all right so it's interesting because my rock card
2: is
3: also a podcast this week. okay so uh both of these podcasts are hosted by the same guy the first one's called the business side of music podcast and it's hosted by a guy named bob bender been in the music business most of his life I always wanted to get in the music business. It didn't work out for me, but I've always had an interest in kind of what happens behind the scenes and how the music business runs. Bob usually gets a guest to join them, and they talk about that person's specific story about how they came up and how they're staying in the music business either today or how they came up back in the day and how they're continuing to stay in today. A lot of interesting changes have happened in that business over the last 30, 40 years. So uh, it's an interesting listen. The other podcast he does is called Two Dudes Talking Money and Music. So, again, Bob Bender hosts it, but he has a co-host named John Adams who has a company called Money Concepts that's like a money managing company. So, this podcast covers financial stuff, stocks, bonds, investing, banking, inflation, like stuff for a simpleton like me that never made much sense. But these guys, John and Bob, like talk it in normal people terms. So... I could actually understand what the hell these big words meant. And then the music piece of it, they just do like the last five or seven minutes and try to pick some songs that might have titles or themes that kind of match what they talked about in that episode. I actually had an opportunity to be on that podcast a couple of That's weeks right. ago. Yep. Shows a completely different side of me. When I listened back to it, I was like, holy fuck, is that me? Like, what Who's the fuck that guy? Is not <laughs> A-R-C. Yeah. Um, but I was talking about, you know, the business that I'm in. Instead of talking about music. So both of these podcasts, business side and music podcast, two dudes talking money and music, they're easy half hour to 50 minute listens each episode. And dude, like John tells you, not tells you, but gives you ideas of what to do with your 401k if you leave somewhere. Right. And, you know, he's not giving you advice because he can't give advice, but he's giving you all the options and he's in the business. So he has credibility. So it's they're pre- two pretty cool podcasts. Um, and I've been listening to them a lot over the last about year or so. And they've got some good episodes out there.
0: Cool. All right. Zeus. All right. So for me, I'm like, what can I talk about? What do I, you know, what am I been, what have I been doing? So, and I'm like trying to fit this in. Is it a movie? Is it a TV show? Is it uh music or anything? But it's a little bit of uh uh, off the the beaten path. We don't usually mention this and this. And that is, I'm going to say what uh, makes me rock hard is politics and the campaign for 2024. If anybody follows my personal stuff on Twitter, I am heavily involved. I I love politics. I always wanted to be involved in politics. Uh, I, I enjoy the debate. I love learning. I have I'm a hardcore Democrat, but I have voted Republican on certain things. I'm not talking about, I want people to fight politics on our show. Not about that. But I, I, I'm a, I'm a political junkie. So I watch the Republican debate. I listen to all that. Then I'll tape record and I watch the analysis. I'll watch it on Fox. I'll watch it on MSNBC. I'll watch it on CNN and hear what everyone has to say about what the actual, when they actually debate. And bring up issues. And then in the middle of all this stuff. You got the crazy shit going on with Trump. In prison. Being an attorney. I find this stuff fascinating. And then there's also you know, what's going on. On uh, the Democrat side. And Biden and Hunter Biden. And stupid shit there. Personally I love that shit. You guys can talk shit to me about it. If you want on my personal side. Not on our fucking show stuff. But that's what interests me. I love it. Only thing I will preach to everybody is get fucking involved, vote, listen, be educated, don't be a fucking idiot, try to find out what you like and what you don't, and try to have some flexibility in your opinions. Don't go for just party loyalty and tribalism, try to find issues that you like, and you'll be surprised how close we are to certain agreeing on certain things. And try to get the little things in the middle and make incremental changes and set and say, well, if you don't do this, then I'm 100% against it. I feel like that is lost and we're hating on each other. There's ways to connect and we can get there. We just need everybody to fucking tone it down a little bit and find what actually connects us and what we all agree on and try to fix those. And don't worry about the fucking noise on the far left and far right. Those guys can stay what they are. That's just my preaching. I love politics and it's political season. It just started and it's a lot of fun for me.
4: I got bad news for you. It's getting worse, not better. So
0: well, I'd like to think get, that maybe getting, we bottom out. You know what I mean? And maybe people are like, you know what? I'm sick I, of this. Fuck I
4: keep this. thinking I keep thinking we've bottomed out until we continue to bot I'm like th- th- there's a yeah. bottom under the bottom. I used but to I, be I used to be like you. I used to watch the political things and I I mm-hmm. I do subscribe to a couple of political podcasts. But it's just so much noise on both sides. It's just like everything's a fucking dick measuring contest. And like you suck more than Hey, we both suck, but you suck more than me. And look at what I I can't. Yeah, because what it's end
0: up happening is I've lost interest. I'm not voting for somebody that I think is a good representation. Smart, articulate, can work and get things done. No, I'm voting for the guy that hates the other side more. Exactly. That's what it's going to be the biggest degenerate. They could be fucking a non-graduate like of high school, fucking been in jail, get caught with their fucking dicks in, in like 15,000 people behind their wives and families back. Doesn't matter. They fucking hate them. So I'm on that side. I wish something wouldn't happen to get us back, but I fear something's going to happen in this country, something bad, and it's going to bring us together and it shouldn't take that. And that could be an assassination, it could be a fucking you know a terrorist thing like that, and then people will start realizing again, fuck, we love each other, we're on the same team. Hopefully that'll happen. But anyways, I love the political stuff and I love being educated on this stuff. So my problem
3: is is that even within the party, like the debate the other day, yeah. I thought the debate was supposed to be talking to us, no, nope. and they're too busy taking shots at each other within the party. And then, just like it happened this past election, two of them have to go get in a room together and be nicey-nice because they're running the country together. That's the part that's got me. Yeah, all this other stuff, everything you guys said was absolutely dead on dead on point. But even within the party, they can't yep. be nice to each other. And that's just sad.
0: Yeah, nope. it's too bad. But hopefully there's a, a, a Poony Tom ticket coming out in the future. There you go. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and and the and campaign slogan will be, learning to walk again. Miss the misery, 24.
0: <laughs> Hard as a rock, 24. <laughs> oh, the Bullet Boys Foo Fighter ticket of Pooney <laughs> and Tom. I like Who, 2024. No one is poo. <laughs> Sonny, want to tell people where they can find you?
3: Uh, I'm easy to find, growinguprock.com. Uh, probably the easiest way, uh, growing up rock podcast. We're on all the normal platforms. Everybody else is on podcast rock city. Uh, we're on every Sunday at 7 PM Eastern time. Uh, how and I'm out do there on the with,
0: How do you do that when you're like the biggest football gambling, degenerate junkie?
3: Well, the game the doesn't on. start at seven and the game is on. So I've already put my bet on it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but don't
0: you want to watch and live oh, through all I, that?
3: I am watching. So I'm sitting there watching going, <laughs> fuck.
5: Yeah.
0: Damn. Yeah, because you're yeah. just ignoring uh, fucking what's his name? You're just not paying oh, attention. I'm deleting that. I'm not putting his name okay. on there. I'm not okay. throwing his music on. <laughs>
5: okay.
4: All right.
0: <laughs> Tom, what about us?
4: Uh, Shout out Loudcast. So if this is your first time hearing us, we are regularly an all kiss podcast to drop new episodes every Saturday. We do the album review crew with Sonny once a month. And then we also have a couple other things, dorm damage episodes that come out once a week, just quick ones about pop culture or whatever. Uh, we do some Zeppelin episodes that come out once every uh you know, full moon. <laughs> uh, but go to our website, shoutoutloudcast.com for all that, or email us at shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com and all the social media, X, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, tick the TikTok, all that stuff. We're out there, so you can find us.
0: What we like to do is end on famous last words. Uh, Tom, you got any?
4: Yeah, I do. This, this, this lyric always kind of stood out for me, and it's, you know, not one of the better songs for me on the album. But the lyric was kind of interesting. What a nice long leash. What a nice tight noose. Never work for me, but sure, it'll look good on you. Ouch. False
3: starts. Young hearts get shattered. Pick up the pieces coming down around you. You ran away, ran away. It was right on
0: cue. Mm, nice. One of these days, the ground will drop out from beneath your feet. One of these days, your heart will stop and play its final Mm, yikes Sonny Tom Loudcasters Kiss Army Foo thank you
4: always a great time good hang not a great album love these episodes guys whether it's a good album a bad album or a mediocre album Foo is still not poo thank you
0: guys peace out Girl Scout How is that
1: big muffin-ass bastard? How's he doing? Good?
5: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.